Hey, Al McCoy here, and you are listening to the Solar Panel, the Phoenix Sun Show. Good morning, and welcome to another edition of the Saturday Sun Solar Panel. We appreciate you joining us today. We have a big show today. I've got a new format with four quarters in it. We've got a pregame warm-up. We've got overtime. So much to bring to you. My special guest today is Coach Fallen, founder. He is uh, otherwise known as Jake Bromger. He has co-hosted with me a couple of other times. I'm really appreciative to have Jake back on the show. You know him as Coach Fallen, founder. He is proof that the Suns Nation goes beyond the Valley, as the Iowa native has been a diehard fan since 1993. A former stand-up comedian, and now Jacob was told to sit down. Welcome back, Jake Bromger. And Jake? You're the one who wanted, uh, you, you suggested we talk about the incredible new addition for the Phoenix Suns in Chandler Hutchison. What do you think about the signing of Chandler Hutchison? You said incredible, so I was immediately thinking you were talking about Thaddeus Young, and it was confirmed. I thought a flex from Jersey announcement came out this morning, but no, uh, Chandler Hutchison, um, he's a he's a player. He's He's played. That's better than... Uh, some of the two-way contracts that we've seen picked up by the Suns. But um, yeah, uh, I guess uh, where we were the last time I was on the pod, I guess I'm glad that the Suns are actually utilizing the two-way contract. I don't really know enough about Chandler to say whether anything, whether he's going to do anything else besides setting screens on practices. Well, let me tell you something interesting about Chandler Hutchison. Uh, this guy is actually getting a raise for signing a two-way contract. Did you know that, Jake? I didn't know that was possible. I thought there was a like a max on the two-way. Well, let me tell you how that raise goes. Let's see. We're going to bring Jim Rose back here, by the way, and uh, and see if we've got him set up a little bit better. You got me, Dave. Hey, me. Jim, how you doing? I I I I'm doing fine. I it's just that I'm hearing. I can't do this, man. It's too much. You it, having a tough time? It's too delayed. I'm hearing it three times. Oh, shoot. I, Dang I, it, Jim. Huh? Dang, I'm sorry to lose you then. You sorry know the about that. News, the good news is that you've... Oh, wow. I just keep hearing it. Yeah, no problem. The good news is, is you've got coach! Okay, guys, <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> All right, bye, buddy. Wow. Okay. Hey, that was a stumbly start. Poor Jim. He is over in France. I think there's a bit of a time delay there. Uh, certainly a few seconds. So we'll get him worked out and bring him back on at another time. Um, okay. So let's go back to Chandler Hutchison. The dude got a raise. Let me tell you how he got a raise. Chandler Hutchison, actually, because he signed a two-way contract, that, that salary does not get offset. Um, against his his NBA contract that he had previously already signed and is being paid by the San Antonio Spurs. So if you've got um, if you've got a desire to make a little bit more money, get yourself cut off of a guaranteed contract, then go sign with another team. And if your contract is small enough and or you sign a two way deal, you actually get that two way deal salary on top of the salary you're already getting. So Chandler Hutchison. He's on a two-way deal. He can appear in up to 50 games, which is more than uh, Jalen Smith and Tyshawn Alexander appeared in last year together. 
and he um, uh, and now he can get up to 50 games with the Suns this year, and he uh, gets a raise. He gets to make a little bit more money. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I, I think we call that failing upwards in the biz, uh, Dave. It's <laughs> I think we've all seen enough people that's all of a sudden like he got fired, right? But we're gonna. We're, but we just hired him and we're going to pay him more than he was getting paid at his last job. That, that, that is the ultimate way to advance in this country. Congratulations uh, to Chandler. Um, but, you know, hey, the, the Suns, if, if, they, if this is a James Jones guy, if this, uh, you know, if coach likes him, uh, like we saw with uh, uh, Abdel Nader, I mean, th- that was a guy that most Suns fans thought was a total throwaway add-in to the Suns. And all of a sudden, he, he disappears for a, a what a couple of months on injury, comes back in the playoffs playing meaningful minutes. So, uh, not saying he's got that kind of potential, um, but uh, uh, all I know is our, our buds over uh, on the other side of Brightside, fanning the flames, they love these two way uh, contract players. They do. Uh, yeah, that, they, they, they had a secret crush on those the, guys. Least crush on Alexander for sure. I know. So says Jay, so Dan says Duarte, Jay, yeah. Paul. All those guys were just. Uh, they had a vigil. They were sad. They were definitely sad. Um, but here's the thing, man. Um, with uh, Tyshawn Alexander, he is so uh, good. At, well, no, he's good enough to sign overseas. He's going to play for, I believe it's Virtus Bologna. And uh, he's going to get more seasoning. He's going to get more seasoning. He'll end up back in the NBA if he's good enough to play in the NBA. In the meantime, the Suns get to basically use their two-way contract like a 16th or 17th roster spot. So this way, uh, basically, it's a longer roster in case there's COVID outbreaks and all that. The NBA changed that rule uh, because obviously you only only five can play at once. So why do you need 16 or 17 players? Well, um, it can help if you've got an outbreak. So this guy will be a break glass in case of emergency, just like Abdel Nader is, just like Alfred Payton is. He's just another one in that group who actually knows and is familiar with the NBA game. Uh, so that's that's potentially a positive. Let's hope for that. Um, okay, so let's talk through the rest of the game plan for the day. Uh, we have a new, a little bit of a new f- uh, show format. We're going to go through four quarters, four topics, four quarters. Um, the, and uh, every quarter is going to be a topic in which we want you in the chat to help us get through. Uh, to walk through. I want you guys to vote. I want you guys to weigh in and we'll be sharing your comments throughout the show for sure. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jake, Dave, well, I, I have jump a in. question oh. for you. Go ahead. Jump in. Please. Well, I was going to say, be honest, Dave. Uh, the reason why I'm here and some of you're having some other guest hosts is because four quarters, you're a little bit worried about stamina from Espo. Would he be able to play the full 36 plus? You know, I'm here, you know, I, I'm here to play uh, tough defense, you know, on the Greek freak if we have to go into overtime. So let's do this. You're here, man. You're, you're in it. You're in it to win it. All right, let's go into the uh, first topic of the day. Uh, were you uh, obviously you're on Twitter? Uh, you've you've been around to Suns Twitter. Did you see the whole flame war going on between Nuggets fans and Suns fans this week at all? I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, not to give a, a another uh, uh, you know well deserved uh, shout out to our fanning the flames uh, pals, but. Um, I was brand new that the Nuggets were kind of like a rude fan base uh, and that they got very upset with the Suns. I'm just used to waiting for some Lakers fan to come up and tell us how terrible we are, even though 
we knocked them out in the first round. So uh, I, th this caught me by surprise this week. Yeah, it caught me a little bit by surprise, too. <laughs> I thought that was funny. There was one guy in particular. Uh, we're not going to give him the airtime. It's kind of like not putting the streakers on the air, you know, in, in a football game or something like that. We're not going to give him that kind of airtime, but we are going to talk about him for a little while. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's that guy, too. Right. <laughs> um, but no, this... This dude on on Twitter, he's a he's a Denver fan, and he was saying basically the whole series was predicated on Jamal Murray being missing for for Denver, and the Suns never would have beat Denver if they had had Jamal Murray. I'm a big fan of Jamal Murray. I do believe he's a top thirty player in the NBA, um, and when you're missing a top thirty player in the NBA, you should be um, not as good a team. If the Suns were missing Devin Booker for the whole series, they would not have been as good a team. Uh, but the Suns, that was the one series in which the Suns were entirely healthy the entire time. Uh, so good on the Suns for being healthy in that series. But man, to say that one guy, Jamal Murray, would have turned it from a four-game route to a Nuggets series win is a little bit too far. Um, I don't think there's any, uh, you know, uh, Jamal Murray could could make a difference for two or three wins, maybe one or two wins, maybe one win, whatever it was. Uh, but man, Chris Paul was healthy. Everybody being healthy. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't see it. Do you see how many games do you think Denver would have won if they had had all their players? A healthy Jamal Murray. I mean, the guy can play absolutely. But, uh, the way DA was playing in these playoffs, the way uh, Chris Paul, I mean, that was probably the healthiest series he had. I, I think it was the healthiest series he had. Um, you know, I, I, I'm saying it right now, Suns in five. Um, I think they win one more game. I, I think the Nuggets uh, make it a competitive series. You know, the games are a little closer, but I don't think it even goes to six, Dave. I mean, Murray's a good player. He is a difference maker. But when your MVP can't help you win a game, um, I don't think a, a secondary star is going to make that big of a difference. Uh, yeah, I like how they were just glossing over the fact that the the current league MVP was still playing in that game, and he couldn't make a difference on well, wins. And, and, so why would a top 30 player in the league suddenly turn it from no wins to four wins? Well, and keep in mind that they got to the second round for a reason, right? They bounced out the Blazers, who have a tremendous backcourt. Uh, I mean, the Nuggets, they just, uh, I think, I don't know if they ran out of gas or what their problem was. I think they ran up against the Suns defense, to be honest. Uh, the Blazers had to go with, what, trying to outscore them each time, and they weren't going to match up with the Joker. Uh, we had DA. He could actually hold his own, and uh, that was the difference. I mean, Jamal, he makes it a more interesting series to watch, but it doesn't go past six. It doesn't go to seven. I mean, it, uh, yeah, we don't have to win in eight or nine. Like, uh, we thought we had to do against the Bucks. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it one game max. That's all I give them one, one extra game. Sports betting is now live in Arizona and DraftKings Sportsbook is where you need to go. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and the excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Bet just $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. 
DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code TBPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older if you're in New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So that's our first quarter. Big, Sun's biggest rival now. My question is, is, are the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Nuggets the Sun's biggest rival? Well, and first off, I want to point out Fabio in the chat, a healthy Jamal Murray wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't teach Michael Porter Jr. how to defend 100%. That's, <laughs> uh, they weren't going to all of a sudden learn how to uh, uh, lock in on Booker or any of our players. And uh, I mean, that Chris Paul game, uh, how many points did he score, Dave? I mean, you're the stat guy. Uh, he had uh, what to finish him off. It was 41. Yeah, an outstanding a game that you don't see Chris Paul. Forty-one using. points yeah. for Chris Paul. Oh, Down by there. the way, yeah, we we don't see him as a huge scorer, but he does happen to be the uh, seventh uh, greatest scorer act among active players right now, actually all time. Part of Ooh. that's an eighteen-year career, I think. But yes, yeah. uh, definitely, <laughs> or sixteen-year. Excuse me. Uh, let's see. So, would you? Uh, we've got a couple. We've got M users, Charles uh, Lebo. Um, both saying the Lakers as the Suns' biggest rival right now. If you had to, if you had to pinpoint, you know, point out a rivalry, would it be the Lakers? Uh, you know, it, absolutely. Yeah, you can't. I mean, the Lakers. Even though I came on board during the Barkley era, um, there was something special about Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, that every year the Suns were going to go get some foreign-born player to come in and play center and try and stop that 315 pound semi truck in the paint. And, and you just loved to see what we'd throw at him next. Um, it, uh, it, it's gotta be the Lakers is the, certainly the all time, uh, rival for the Suns. Uh, but you know, I gotta say, I, I know they're not doing so well right now, but Popovich Spurs and the Mavericks too much during the seven seconds or less era, those Texas teams, man, they found us in the playoffs, whether it was Dirk, whether it was Duncan. Oh, I'd love to see them lose. <laughs> well, we're going to see them lose a lot this year. The Spurs are just not as strong as they have always been. Scott Lacey, thank you so much for uh, giving us some love in the Super Chat. I really appreciate you, man. Uh, and and that is, that's, that's a huge benefit. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody else want to join in the Super Chat? You certainly can. A um, couple more comments here. Uh, challenge and rival are different. I do think that's 100% true, Sundress Dunks. And that that is kind of uh, the next thing I want to talk about a little bit is uh, the Suns' toughest challenge might be the Lakers. But is that their biggest rival? And you're saying, uh, Jake, that you think the Spurs are a rival, even though they're they're not very good this year. Do you think any playoff-level teams this year are, are a bad blood kind of thing where the Suns are going to be extra focused. You know, maybe it's just because I, I, you know, I live in the Midwest, but there's something uh, special about the Suns uh, franchise, uh, Suns Nation, the fans. 
that when I talk to fans from other teams, there's kind of like a soft spot for Phoenix. It's like, oh yeah, like I think Booker's overrated, but it's an impressive story that you guys have so far. Or like, I, I like Chris Paul or, you know, I wish DA the best. There's not like that. I'm so sick of the Lakers, you know, or it's not like, oh, like you guys have Patrick Beverly on your team. You're dirty. Like there's just, you don't really find that. So there's, you know, when, when that's why I was so shocked to see it from like Nuggets fans. They're like, oh yeah, well, sons are terrible. And it's like, really, really We're kind of like America's team, if anything. So uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if there's a team to hate, it's, it's, that's why I think it's got to be the Lakers. You know, all their titles, people get sick of watching a monopoly. And let's be honest, it's between them and the Celtics, and the Celtics don't haven't been as relevant as recently. Uh, but but near term, short term, um, I'd say you know an outside shot, uh, the Jazz, because how much Suns fans and Jazz fans put on the Mitchell versus Booker debate, uh, that's got to be uh, a bit of a rivalry now. Right now, last year we finished one and two in the West by separated by what one game, half game. Um, so you know we both got big defensive centers that can, uh, you know, really control the paint um, and s strong scoring shooting guards. So I could see the Jazz as kind of being a short-term rivalry. And they were a rival in the 90s, uh, you know, during the Malone-Stockton era as well. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> as far as bad blood is concerned, I don't know if there's yet any bad blood. What I'll be really curious about this season is whether we suddenly start seeing some bad blood from opponents. And um, I, I don't know if like suddenly we're going to see a lot more emotion from the teams the Suns beat in the playoffs than we were expecting to, to see. Do you think uh, the Lakers or the Clippers or the Nuggets will come in with any extra motivation because of those playoff losses? Or do you think they're just going to be, uh, you know, what happened happened? I, I think absolutely there's going to be, I mean, you know, with uh, Jay Crowder, you know, selling his salsa, uh, you know, <laughs> in the LA market, that's going to be a big deal. Um, but, I, you know, will the Lakers get as upset about it? I don't know. Are they going to take their medicine, their geriatric pills uh, to be able to have the energy? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to sit there and be like, well, we can't get too excited and emotional because we don't want to be drained during this regular season game. <laughs> well, they're going to have to, because otherwise they'll be on walkers by the playoffs. So that part's so true. Uh, the Suns do open up the season against the Nuggets. That'll be fun. And then they play the Warriors on Christmas Day. Uh, do you think uh, the Warriors are a challenge or a rival? A challenge, definitely not a rival. Uh, I mean, again, I think going back to when uh, we, we, we tried to trade Amari for Steph Curry, uh, I mean, years ago, there's a little bit of a, a connection there. Um, the Warriors are they're a fun team. I mean, if you like if you like watching basketball, if you like watching offense, it's hard to it's hard to hate Curry. Um, you know, it's it's hard to oh, Clay Thompson. I feel bad for the guy. I've never <laughs> I sprained an ankle, and I think you know my entire <laughs> like next couple of years are going to be different. You know, this guy tears things, and he's he's like, I'll be I'll be back next year. I'll give it another shot. Give it another shot. Dude, I sprained an ankle two years ago uh, doing one of those um, tough mutter things, mm -hmm. and uh, man, that ankle that's ankle sprain lasted six months. I, I couldn't push off running, you know, on the treadmill or anything like that, like I usually do for six months. So mm -hmm. Clay coming back from the Achilles and the and the um, ACL, I don't know, but I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him. 
everybody should be able to get back to healthy. That's for sure. Um, yeah, go well, I just want to, and I want to shout out, thanks Lakers fan 24 for watching the show. We understand that you hate us because you ain't us and you really there wish you, you go. were in the title game, the finals. But <laughs> that first round goodbye, I'm sure LeBron got some great rest. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, that's that's it for this segment. Uh, what I, what I want to do now is I want to remind everybody that uh, we do have an audio podcast feed. I post midweek pods during the week that are um, interviews with national media heads and and people from other markets, media from other markets that you ought to take in and listen to. So you need to subscribe to that. I'm going to I'm gonna play a little commercial right now for that. For those watching this episode on YouTube, I've got some news for you. You're only getting half the story. The Solar Panel Podcast delivers you an additional special episode every Wednesday with a national personality from places like The Ringer, The Athletic, The Bleacher Report, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, NBA.com, and everyone else. You'll hear what the non-locals think about the Suns and the NBA in general. It's a new feed, though. You've got to click some buttons. Forget the old one. Get the new one. Go to your favorite pod app. Search for Solar Panel Podcast with the orange logo. While you're there, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you leave me a five-star review, I'll give you props on the air. Yeah, um, I got to tell you. I got to tell you, Jake. Um, this week, another Suns pod went with the orange background. So you guys are going to have to be discerning when you get in there and go to those backgrounds. It's it's the one that says solar panel on it because this is the solar panel podcast. I can't help it when people try to copy greatness. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our, our next quarter. Um, yep. Someone listening to fan the flames coach. Exactly. We're all listening to fan the flames. So says Jay, we definitely are. Everybody does. All right. Now, uh, our second quarter, our second quarter topic is uh, a topic that Jake, you suggested for the show. And I want to give you a chance to kick this one off. You were suggesting maybe there might be a starting lineup change during the year. Go for it. Well, you know, so I, I keep, you know, we've all heard the rumors, right. Uh, that, uh, Thad Young, that the Suns are heavily pursuing him and, uh, and, if you if you buy the hype, if you if you uh, watch for flex from Jersey uh, to see uh, that what the next tweet's going to be on uh, when we're going to pick him up, uh, you'd think he's already here. And uh, I'm all on board on Thad Young coming to the Suns. What I'm surprised to see is how so many Suns fans saying that Jay Crowder is uh, terrific and Thad Young's going to be a great backup to him. I'm calling it now. If Thad Young comes to Phoenix, uh, Jay Crowder's going to be coming off the bench. Uh, we saw we need that little extra size, a little bit more defense. And Jay is a great defender, but we need a little extra size and rebounding, uh, I think, uh, down near the paint. And that's where Thad Young's really going to, uh, you know, I see a lot of fans saying, oh, he's going to play the uh, Tory Craig role. I think he's going to play a much bigger role. And I would put him in the starting lineup and Jay coming off uh, the bench to bomb some threes away. Um, so that that's that's my prediction. It would be a Chris Paul. Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Thad Young, or there's an outside shot. It could be a different uh, starting power forward, but I don't think Jay Crowder is starting for the playoff Suns. Wow. So there's the hot take. By the time the playoff come around, we're going to have Jay, Jay Crowder either coming off the bench or um, possibly traded to another team, I guess, if there's salary matching involved and all that. My my trouble with a Thad Young acquisition is I just don't see where he's going to get the minutes. 
I just don't see it. I um, unless a Jay Crowder or a Cam Johnson or a Mikel Bridges um, get traded in the deal, um, I don't see where he gets enough minutes to play. Although I do find it interesting that he only played 24 minutes a game for the Bulls last year. So is he a guy who likes the short minutes? I'm not really sure, uh, but he would definitely get short minutes in Phoenix. Go ahead. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, do, do you, uh, analyzing the two players, who would you rather have at power forward though, Dave? Thad Young or Jay Crowder? You know, it's interesting because Thad Young doesn't take any long shots and the Suns right. offense is predicated on creating spacing. So I, I looked at some um, some highlights, uh, uh, Gerald Bourget over at the new PHNX um, media, whatever that is. I'm sorry, but PHNX, go, go search for that. Um, Gerald uh, uh, did a breakdown on Thad Young on there, and he basically showed us that uh, Thad's, Thad's offense is basically being a connector, which Monty does like in terms of passing. You pass uh, from the outside to the mid post, from the mid post to, uh, you know, whatever shooter or slasher is, is open, Thad's going to find them. He actually, that's a new role he actually discovered this past year. He kind of, du- he doubled his his career assist average um, up to over four a game last year for the Bulls on only short minutes. Um, so he's that, but he can't shoot. And the Suns offense is predicated on shooting. So does Jake, Jay Crowder does not rebound very well. And he doesn't do a whole lot very well, but he does like keep the lineup space for Chris Paul and Devin Booker to get in there and, uh, make their noise in the mid range. And if Thad Young is already standing in that area, along with Deandre Ayton, I think that is going to be a spacing issue. Well then let's entertain the, the 10 pounds of muscle off season theory. Uh, if Cam Johnson, adds the 10 pounds to his frame, and those hips can uh, handle it. Because we all know, <laughs> apparently the, the biggest drafting uh, research was that he's got bad hips. But now that he's mm. got restored hips, uh, add 10 pounds to that man's frame, and is he your new starting power forward going in? Because, you know, he's got a little, a little bit more height. Uh, he doesn't have the bulk that Jay's going to have, even if you add 10 pounds probably. But we saw Cam not just taking threes, but when he was driving and dunking, ooh, that was special. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think it's uh, Cam Johnson is the guy that I thought when you when you threw out the idea um, of the hot take that Jay Crowder wouldn't be starting by the second half of the year. My first thought was, oh, Cam Johnson beat him out for a starting job. Um, <clears throat> I I do think Cam Johnson has a big has a big er future. I don't know if it's starting uh, material yet, but he definitely has surprising hops. He's good at positional defense and he can shoot the lights out. Uh, he doesn't rebound that well. And, um, but is that going to hold him back? I don't know. Cause Deandre Ayton inhales all the rebounds. So that is, it is interesting. I'm not really sure if Cam Johnson is a future full-time starter in the league, but I do think he's a 15 year player that's going to end up being probably, uh, being like a James Jones in that he spends the last half of his year just going to the finals every year. Let's hope that's with the Suns. Collecting rings and shooting threes? Yeah, man. That uh, James Jones, uh, let's not let uh, – every year that goes by, we forget more and more. But uh, James Jones made seven straight finals to end his career. Jeez. And 
And I see in every the chat, one of those with LeBron. I mean, and James was playing five minutes a game, but still he made seven straight finals to end his career. He, he was the Udonis Haslam uh, of LeBron's much more uh, successful version exactly. of Udonis. Exactly. <laughs> but th- this is why I wish uh, Jim Rose uh, was was on the show today. I heard that Cam had a plastic hip put in and gave the bone to his dog. <laughs> Jim, I want your microphone to start working. <laughs> I know, man. Jim, I'm really sorry your microphone didn't work out. We will get on a practice um, uh, run and get this worked out. It's just something about the feed between the the headphones and the and the mic and all that. So uh, don't worry about it, man. Okay. So, our, uh, our, do you have anything else to say about what you think is going to happen with with the Suns lineup? Do you see, do you see Cam Johnson being being a starter in which, you know, so much so that the Suns really don't need to acquire Thad Young? Well, uh, the the only other idea I have right now besides uh, Thad Young coming in and and grabbing a starting spot at the four uh, would be. Between Mikel Bridges uh, maybe signing a big contract, DA will be getting a big contract. Um, you know, Jay Crowder's got a, a nice size one uh, contract as well. And of course, Cam, we've seen how talented he is. Is that James Jones has shown with the Chris Paul acquisition that this team is in win now mode and they will take some risks if they think that it will give them the shot at the title. I'm not wanting it to happen at all, but I could see a Mikel Bridges type get a big contract. And then we package him at the trade deadline for that "quote unquote" missing piece. Whoa! Uh, what? I mean, coach James, is James... advocating for trading <laughs> Nikel Bridges. Uh, false, <laughs> false statement. Uh, wow! So basically, what you're Sign saying is you don't even like McHale. Contract yeah. trading Mikel Bridges. You heard it here. Coach Paul and founder wants Mikel Bridges out. It's it's true, and if we can get Aaron Gordon in that trade, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, Aaron Gordon! <laughs> I'm just saying, Ben Simmons in the Valley. No, uh, you just you, you have you have Coach to. Bomb. We, we're, we're we're so used to over the last ten years. This last year we were spoiled, but for the last ten years, Suns fans have been like, I'm telling you, we just got Dragon Bender's just got to get a couple more years under him, and then he's going to be a top five player. It's going to happen, Marquise Chris. It's going to happen. Uh, we are going to have to be able to let go of some of these players that just gave us a special year. And if James sees but that opportunity, we? he's going to, are gonna... we, I think, I, I don't know. I see, I, I, I definitely see that Devin Booker, Deandre, Ayton, specifically Devin Booker, Deandre Ayton, and Mikel Bridges are three guys that can be the backbone of a repeat contender every year. Will they make the finals every year? Heck no. Uh, but can they make, can be, they be a threat, a strong threat for the finals every year? That threesome? Yes. Are they going to need other players around them that are really good? Of course. And so, you know, Chris Paul, obviously being the guy who's carrying them to the finals this year, this past year, um, are they going to need somebody else like a Chris Paul? Maybe not. Maybe DeAndre Ayton, Mikel Bridges and Devin Booker all improved to the point. They don't need an all NBA person with them to get them into the finals, but it's certainly, uh, it's certainly that is a group that can be a repeat to the finals team. And then um, I'm really curious a year from now when Cam Johnson is eligible for an extension, is his going to be in that 18 to 20 million a year range? I had always thought if, if he stays in the 15 or under range a year, they could definitely afford to keep him around. Um, that's that's going to, but, but I do think Mikel and Aiden 
and Devin Booker, as long as they stay happy and nobody gets, nobody develops a disease of me, uh, that is a great three-person core that I don't think needs to be traded regardless of what their salaries are because the salary cap is high enough and it's going to go up again in a couple of years when there's a new TV deal to be able to afford these three guys plus put a team around them. Well, let me ask you something, Dave, because I remember I got asked on the panel, I think a couple of years ago, uh, if I remember it right. Um, and so I'll be interested too to see what uh, the fans say in the chat now that we have had a team in the finals. If I could give you one finals victory on one hand or the other hand. Well, we got two never... this year. Do you mean a, a, oh, a title? No. I mean, if I could give you one title. Okay. Or on the other hand, I could give you a chance to get to the, uh, a chance to win the title for the next five years. Guaranteed title or a chance to be competitive uh, each year for the next five years. What do you take? The guarantee one title or the so do I want to be the 2001 Diamondbacks <laughs> or do I want to be the, uh, well, let's see, what's a team that's gone to the finals or semifinals, conference finals every year for several years? I mean, I definitely don't want to be Portland, but they haven't gone as far as the Suns did in one year. Uh, so who are we talking about here? Are we talking about Miami? Miami's only made one finals, but hasn't made a conference finals, I don't think, another time. Boston. Boston Celtics. Do you want to be the Boston Celtics? They haven't made the finals, but they've made conference finals a couple of times with their young core. Would I rather be them, or would I rather be the 2011 Dallas Mavericks, or would I rather be the 2001 Arizona Diamondbacks? That's interesting. Um I'd rather have a long-term stretch of success right now. However, my selfish person would say, give me both. Give me a long-term run of success <laughs> and have one of those be a breakthrough <laughs> title. <Yeah. laughs> oh, here's another. Okay. Would you rather be, let's, 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 let's say that. Would you rather the Suns team be um, the uh, seven seconds or less Suns? Or uh, the 2011 Dallas Mavericks that only made fair. the one finals in a, in a nine-year period or something like that. That's not fair. I hate the Mavericks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know what it is uh, for me? Uh, I'd rather just uh, book it. I'd rather just get that one title out of the way. And then we can focus on being competitive from there on out. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Let's just get that, the one title. All right. Uh, rather than just like, well, we're going to make the playoffs again 10 years in a row. Maybe this time the guys practice more in the offseason. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I think this this finals appearance is definitely a legitimizer for the team. Uh, and uh, going forward, that's going to give them the confidence to stay in this run uh, for for years. And it's also going to give the ownership and, and management front office confidence in this core not to be shaking it up. All right, so that's it for this section of the show. Uh, we are now at halftime. And guess what? Everybody, you are so lucky that you get to now take a break. Jake, you can have some coffee or whatever it is. You are so lucky you get to watch the Manscaped ad. Now, don't go anywhere. This is only 90 seconds. I swear to God, it's only 90 seconds. Take a little break. 
Go do a potty break, something like that. Look, Jake is all very excited to watch this. <laughs> Attention listeners from across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston, do we have a pube problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with Performance Package 4.0. The orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS. That's special for you guys, our solar panel listeners. The code is FLAMINGBALLERS for 20% off plus free shipping. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your entire solar system. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FLAMINGBALLERS at manscaped.com. Your dick and balls need some help. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. (laughs) Hey, man. Look, as funny as the whole concept is, manscaping is incredibly important in our lives and um anyone who's got uh anyone who's going to look at them without their clothes on needs to be manscaped so that uh you can actually see the skin behind all the behind all that i mean i'm i've got italian in my blood and i i swear to god i i need this as much as anybody else how about you jake have you ever manscaped in your life you know, I I, I can uh, admit that uh, they do have some very good products. Um, uh, the the uh, ball conditioner makes it so you know the. Uh, the <laughs> You're trying. Uh, no, well, no, I, I tweeted this uh, uh, last week because Dave, uh, it just it gave me kind of flashbacks to anyone that grew up with Clippy, the Microsoft paperclip. That when you'd start writing something on uh, Microsoft oh, no. Word, it'd pop up and say, <laughs> "I see you're trying to write something. Would you like some help?" And that that caricature of you, uh, I, I'm afraid that next time I go to shave, you're going to pop up in my mirror like that and say, "I see you're trying to manscape. Would you like some help?" <laughs> so now I'm the new Clippy, and you know what? Clippy is a great nickname for a manscaped little little thing that shows up, a little avatar, a little Clippy. <laughs> All right, I like that. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the third quarter of our show. The third quarter of our show is we are dedicating this to our members, uh, the Flaming Ballers. Anybody that's got the got the um, the little logo next to their name means that they have become members of this uh, channel. A membership is really not that expensive. You can go as little as a dollar ninety nine a month. If you want to contribute to the show, you get to do you get to do a lot of things to contribute to the show. Um, the first thing that that we are going to start doing for our members is we're going to let you um, contribute an entire topic. Contribute to an entire topic every week. It's called Baller Talk. All right, um, that is what we're going to go to right now. To Baller Talk, um, I got a couple of uh, pieces of uh, uh, contributions here. Uh, the first one is from Coda Kid, and what Coda Kid wants us to do. So you get to you get to set this topic here. What Coda Kid wants us to do, Jake, is 
he wants us to talk about how Cam Johnson can win sixth man of the year. Do you think Cam Johnson can win sixth man of the year this year? I, there's an outside shot. Absolutely. Uh, I think he can. You know, if he gets a little bit more comfortable, we've seen him be streaky with his threes. But if he can get a little bit more comfortable, maybe if he can manscape a little, it's going to help him out, you know, re- reduce the, the wind draft ratio. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But uh, the, the man can ball. And that we were all worried that we were going to get this kind of wooden three-point shooter, and there wasn't going to be much else to his game. But he has demonstrated, um, I think, that he can take it to the next level. I'm very excited about the potential growth that I see from him. I could see him easily getting more minutes than Jay, even though Jay will initially start. But Cam could be the guy that comes in and finishes games. I think his defense has improved. Uh, I know his numbers have improved, and I'm sure you've got something to back that up much stronger than I would. You know what? I didn't even have a chance to to grab anything like stats or anything like that on, on Cam. What I'll just say is he doesn't actually have the game that wins six man of the year. Sorry, Coda Kid. I think he could be one of the most valuable bench players in the league, uh, but he doesn't have the game that the type of game that wins that award, the type of game that wins that award is a high score. Yeah. Leandro Barbosa won sixth man of the year way back in the seven seconds or less days because he averaged 18 points a game off the bench. Um, Lou Williams and Jamal Crawford have won sixth man of the year awards for the same reason. And it seems like 18 is a magic number because nobody off the bench averages 20 plus. And uh, it's really hard to get all those points in those bench minutes. And so, 18 seems like the magic range. I don't see Cam Johnson getting to 18 points a game. So while um, we are going to see him as our most valuable, potentially most valuable bench player, and among the all the bench players in the league, he might be one of the best. Uh, but as far as winning the award or even being in the final talk for the award among media, I'm not really sure that I, that I see that happening. Um, I, I see campaign <laughs> having more of a shot. I'd still say it's a very much an outside shot, but I'd say campaign. We've seen him turn into that microwave uh, where, and I, I think we'll see it more this season when they tell Chris Paul, hey, we're going to shave a few minutes off you each game uh, to keep you fresh for the playoffs and campaign go to work and change change the speed up. And we're going to start to see him just blaze past some fools. Yeah. Um, so campaign's going to be an interesting one this year. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Coda, we, we might look back on this and say you got it right if it's a cam that wins six man of the year. We'll, we'll, we'll give you credit for that. Um, all right, so let's see. Now, the next thing Coda Kid asked for was uh, to talk about if Mikel can take another huge jump this season and what kind of jump would that look like? I want to see Mikel, his offensive game grow. Uh, I, I think he got a little too comfortable with his three and D role in the playoffs, but I think he could be the next. Yeah. I mean, he, he can turn into an offensive facilitator or an offensive creator. I want to see him put the ball on the, the ground. We saw him a little bit. He, he would kind of take off from the corner, drive in and then hit a little mid range uh, kind of flip shot, jump shot. Uh, I want to see that expand a little bit. I think he's got to do that more to really to become more of a threat. We don't want him to settle too much into the Jay Crowder role of I'll just stand here and wait for my shot. Yeah. My worry about Cam or excuse me, uh, Mikel 
is that he doesn't seem to have the um, the mentality to take over a game. So what's really interesting to me, and this is this is not a hot take because I've said this several times over the years, last couple of years, is DeAndre Aiden and Mikel Bridges' mentality is more similar than people want to uh, give credit to. And that mentality being, let me do all the other things on the court so that the stars can do well, right? Aiden never complained once about getting 30% fewer shots this year. He went from 15 shots a game to 10 shots a game. Even in the playoffs, when he was setting records and, and blowing up all over the place in the playoffs, he still wasn't taking that many more shots. He was just making 80% of them, and that's why his numbers looked a little bit better. He was 16 and 12 in the playoffs instead of uh, 14 and 11, or 14 and 12 almost in the, in the regular season. So but I think Mikel, what his problem is, he doesn't see himself as an offensive go-to guy. And I'm not sure that he ever will or wants to be. And that's okay because you got Devin Booker who wants to, to score a ton of points. You got Chris Paul who wants to dribble the hell out of the ball and score when he needs to. And, I, and, and Chris Paul, while he is a ball pounder, I think uh, obviously – Hall of Fame level ball pounder. So I'm good with that. Uh, <laughs> you've got Jay Crowder willing to take every shot. Every time he touches the ball, he's going to shoot. Uh, so Mikel just wants to be that connector. He wants to be that guy, but he has admitted, he did admit in an interview last year that he um, <clears throat> had to check himself a couple of times, even in the playoffs where he was, he wasn't doing anything until he made his first three point shot. Like he was just mentally just sitting in the corner. He didn't slash to the rim. He didn't cut. He didn't back cut anything like that. He just stood in the corner waiting to get his first three point shot in before he started getting aggressive. And he knew that was the wrong way to go. Either you get your first three point shot right away or you just, or you start slashing you start cutting, you start doing whatever it takes to get, to help move the offense along and then wait and let your three point shots come when they come. So he might get more aggressive like that. He scored almost 15 points a game this year. Um, he might actually get, um, you know, will he get up to 17, 18 points a game potentially? Uh, but I'm not sure if he ever needs to, I think if he gets 16, 17 points a game, I think we'll be thrilled. Uh, I'd like to see him rebound a little bit more. I'd like to see him pass a little bit more. But I just want him to be all defense is my big thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, lockdown defender, that's where I see him most comfortable, and I, th I think that's where he excels. But as you pointed out, his ability to slash, he's probably the top slasher because Booker doesn't slash very much. He needs the ball in his hands. He wants to do, uh, you know, come off screens. But Mikhail, simply by uh, slashing, even if he doesn't get the pass, he's going to force the defense to get pulled in again, uh, just like when Aiton posts up. So he's going to have that ability to impact the game more offensively, even if he's not actually the one taking the shots in the end. Absolutely. So that was a great question. Again, this is the section we call baller talk. And what that is, is the folks that are members, the folks that are uh, signed up and you see the, the flaming ball next to their name in the chat. Those folks get to weigh in and help us form a topic in the third quarter of every of every one of our episodes. Now, if you want to become a flaming baller, uh, definitely all you got to do is is hit that join button. Smash that join button right after you hit the subscribe, right after you hit the thumbs up. If you're still watching this show, you should be giving it a thumbs up, or you would have left by now. So, give me a thumbs up. Give us a <clears throat> give us a, uh, a subscribe. Hit those notifications so you don't miss the next show. 
and definitely sign up, hit that join button. Um, we're also going to be letting letting people, um, heck, <clears throat> if you sign up to enough, you look at the different levels you can sign up to. We'll even let you pay, uh, participate in the show. I'll let you actually set an entire show outline one time if you if you if you sign up for enough, and I'll even let you co-host. We just got to figure out, make sure you don't have any feedback going on. Uh, but definitely, uh, uh, for sure, you've got to you've got to hit that join button to be able to do all of this. Um, okay, I've got a hot takes. I'm also giving our ballers a chance to have hot takes. This one comes from Blaze Megatron. Just Blaze, Blaze Megatron. He is in the chat this morning. Blaze, here we go. Your take is, by the All-Star break, Devin Booker will be the clear number one on the Suns, and he will make the All-Star team, and CP3 will not. What do you think about that, Jake? Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the, uh, the fans in the stands on this one. Hot take? I'm going to go lukewarm take. I think, uh, no, no offense, Blaze, but I... I think Booker will claim this is his team. I think it was his team all along. I think the, the to be fair, he did ball. say it was a lukewarm take when he gave oh. it to me. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so you, you put it in the microwave. You heated it up for the show. I love I it. I did okay. heat it up. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> we heated pizza. I love it. No, uh, I, I think totally. I, you know, we, what we saw with Chris Paul, he can still play at that great All Star level, but we got to. He wants to play every game, so we got to put a lid on him a little bit. Keep the legs fresh. Uh, you know, the, the, so I think, you know, the campaign, we saw him take a, a great step. He can lead the second unit. I'd rather not ever see Alfred Payton again, but he's there, uh, you know, when we want to get 10 minutes out of a game and Chris is, uh, you know, going to maybe take a day off. I don't know. But I, I think Booker is going to be much more used to playing with Paul this season, and he's going to take that next step. And I think he's kind of upset with, uh, the greater basketball fandom thinking that he's doesn't deserve to be in the all-star games uh, still. And uh, I saw that was a hot take on Twitter that he really hasn't earned his way there yet. And um, take leading a team to the title uh, should, uh, should help dispel some of those rumors. I think he takes the next step this year. So your hot take Jake is that he actually gets voted in traditionally to the all-star game this year. Instead of being picked as a as a replacement by the commissioner, yeah, a sizzling take. You know, uh, I don't think it's super hot yeah. either. But I it's think a little bit. Yeah, we just turned the burner on on the stove. The, even the pan's not quite hot. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, uh, I don't think the fans <laughs> vote them in to the starting lineup, but I think no. the coaches take them in. You yeah. think the coaches do? Yeah, the coaches are tough, man. I I I asked around a little bit about. Um, why the coaches aren't voting Devin Booker into the all-star game. Cause it, 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 people felt like he should have been the last couple of years. And just to, just to help people remember Devin Booker, um, the fans uh, get and the a combination of the fans, players, and media get to pick the starting lineups for the all-star game. Um, the fans get 50% of the vote and coaches and media get 25% each, sorry, uh, players and media get 25% each. And then, the rest of the team, that's the starting lineup, five out of 12 players on each side. The rest of the team, or 14 more players, are picked by coaches. The West coaches pick the West backups. East coaches pick the East backups. And uh, so that's uh, 14 co- non-Monty Williams coaches who who uh, could be voting Devin Booker into the All-Star game and, and have declined to do so the last couple of years. 
So I've asked around a little bit, and basically the coaches are, have fallen prey to the, I haven't had to face this guy in the playoffs. That's basically the big thing. If you look at who the coaches pick, it's guys they've had to game plan against in the playoffs, not necessarily in the regular season. They don't they don't care as much about that. Sure, Devin Booker has been the only one you had to game plan against last few last few years in Phoenix, but that was regular season. They didn't mean as much. So now the Booker's been a guy you have to game plan against in the playoffs, and the dude, one of the only guys in league history to score forty plus in back to back finals games. Um, maybe they'll vote him in this year. We'll have to see. I, th- I think the coaches will give Devin Booker more credit this year than they have in prior years. Well, I think the Olympic gold's going to help too, uh, Dave. Uh, you know, with with seeing him over in Japan, uh, being a part of that yep. roster, they saw him assert himself on defense. Obviously, uh, the deep playoff run all the way to the finals. Um, you know, Sundar Stunk makes the point. Uh, you know, book stats might have been down uh, this year. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he was uh, worse. Uh, you know, but. Uh, I would say a lot of the, the the criticism of Booker was he's an empty stats guy. He's putting up great numbers on a team that's not winning. But this, so his numbers may have regressed in somewhat. I mean, good good lord, I want him to make threes like he does in the also like he does in the three point shooting contests in games. But his numbers didn't regress that much, and his team went all the way to the finals. So we know he's a legitimate uh, you know top well, player. And when we say his numbers regressed. I mean, in assists they did, for sure, because he was definitely deferring to Chris Paul all year as the ball handler, and he got really hyper-focused on being scorer. Uh, So I do hope that he balances that back out this next year and becomes more of a passer. Um, When he gets the ball in the offense, instead of being focused um, entirely on scoring, he had a lower usage rate this past year because of Chris Paul. But you know what, guys? he made the finals. And so none of this matters. He still scored 26 a game. He still upped that in the playoffs. Um, he, he And he's still getting four assists a game and four rebounds a game. Do we want him at 27, six and six this next year or 28, seven and seven? Sure. Of course. I, I just want to see them in the finals. And I think he's going to make not only all-star, but he's also going to make all NBA. That's what I think for this next year. Okay, we got to we got to run along, uh, not run along, but run forward in the show. We have a fourth quarter topic to go to, um, and uh, yep, there you go. Check the, get get yourself ready. Right. We got the would you rather. Now this is going to this is going to be a rapid fire, Jake. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna delve deep into each of these topics. I do want the ballers and, and the chatters, everybody in the chat, to participate in this, and we'll share your uh, your your votes and your takes. Definitely make some comments on there. Um, so I, we got a game of Would You Rather, and I don't want you to overthink this. I just want you to react. Now, the first one I'm going to set up. All right, the first one I'm going to set up. In that. Um, in terms of if you think there is an overpay to be had, to be made, between Aiton and Bridges, okay, um, if you think Aiton might be overpaid at a max or you think Bridges might be overpaid at almost max, um, if you had to choose, which would you rather overpay, Aiton or Bridges? Go. Ooh, I feel like it's the family feud. Um, uh, Aiton. 
definitely. You'd rather overpay Aiden. Tell me why. Uh, his his defense, he is top five defensive centers right now in the league. His offensive game is only going to grow. Uh, I, I, my dream idea would be Chris Paul just in the offseason just throws him passes and he catches the ball um, and learns how to catch the ball. One hand, two hands, whatever he's got to do. But if he takes in more uh, entry passes and the team learns from that, he should take the next step offensively and – you know, I'm not saying Joel Embiid type level offensively, but top five center in the league easily. Yeah, uh, I'm going with that too. I would, if you had to overpay one of the guys, even though we've had a lot of uh, pundits, especially in the Suns community, for some reason, it's so funny. I, I look at national um, articles and they're like Dan Devine with the ringer just this past week said that Aiton should get the max um, as an extension. Um, I've seen several others say that Nate Aiton should, uh, Bobby Marks. I've had talks with him with ESPN. He says Aiton should get the max yet regional Suns folks, Suns, Twitter, Suns media are like, eh, maybe he shouldn't because centers in general do not get max extensions <laughs> off their rookie deals in the past five or six years. Well, you know what? Aiton is a big man who dominated in the playoffs. If you can forget. Uh, the fact that he not forget, but allow for the fact that he couldn't defend the greatest player of his gen, one of the greatest players of his generation, Giannis, in a one on one situation for six consecutive games. If you give him that little bit of okay, Aiton dominated in the playoffs. He showed that he can carry a young team, help carry a young team doing everything but all the scoring that everyone else wants to do anyway. I think Aiton is that guy that you need and, and is worth the max. And and by the way, the max for a rookie extension is $31 million this year, 25% of the cap. I think they're probably negotiating over the fact of, well, well will that percentage jump if he makes all NBA? I would put it in if I'm the Suns because the likelihood, if he makes all NBA, give him a little bit more. It can go up to 30%. If he doesn't make all NBA, he feels like he feels good because the Suns would give him the credit. Um, definitely, I think Aiton is worth the overpay. Now, would I also overpay Bridges? Look, this is a game of would you rather, so I had to pick one. I would pick Aiton. Would I also pay, overpay Bridges? I love Mikel Bridges. Um, what's the overpaid limit? I really think he'll sign for in the 20 to 25 million range. Would you give Bridges 25 million a year for four years? Ooh, uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's young enough. Uh, I think there's enough progress to be made there. Um, I'm definitely valuing a DA max more than a, a Bridges overpay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think Bridges deserves to get paid. And I, and we've seen him take steps every year. I'm excited to see where he goes next. All right. Okay. The next, would you rather, uh, would you rather see the Suns win their opening two games of the year that are on ESPN or see them win on Christmas? If you, in a, would you rather, would you rather see a Christmas win or a pair of opening week wins? Uh, ballers, you got to weigh in as well. Uh, do you remember who they're playing first? Uh, uh, let's see. In the first two games, I believe it's the, and I got, I could be wrong, but I believe it's the nuggets in game one. And I think it's the Clippers in game two and then, or maybe it's the Lakers in game two. It's the Lakers, I think. And then in Christmas day, it's the Warriors. But I guess I was asking more about, would you rather kick off the season against, because two of the, they are playoff teams. Okay. Um, the the uh, opening week is against two of the playoff teams. They played in the playoffs this past year and Christmas 
is Christmas. And it's against the Warriors and Clay's supposed to be back on that day. So would you rather know that your team won on Christmas or would you rather know that your team beat uh, their playoff opponents again in opening week? Oh, I take the the two wins out of the gate against the Nuggets and Lakers, who are actually whoever they are. Uh, Don't get me wrong. I like the Christmas game, but there's just enough other stuff going on (laughs) around the holiday where it's kind of like, oh, I caught the third quarter. It was a great game. Uh, Like I'll watch the game, but um, there's opening night. I'm locked in. Christmas Day, there's a few other things going on. Yeah, uh, Blaze made a good point. Obviously, two wins is better than one. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. I get that. I'm just saying that the opening week, though, means a little bit less later in the year, or uh, Denver would have swept us in the playoffs. I don't know, Dave. Um, we get off to a rocky start. Some player tweets they don't want to be here anymore, and then your season has changed. Just okay, saying, yeah, strong. true. What if the Suns lose by 93 points in their first three games? Yeah, the, this season might be derailed. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you I don't that. want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay, um, so a lot of people are saying opening week, and I, I think I, I definitely agree with that. I think it would be – I'd, rather, I'd like to see them both, but if I had a would you rather, it'd be opening week for sure. All right, the next would you rather. Would you rather this next season, uh, Devin Booker averaging 30-plus points per game or DeAndre Ayton averaging 20-plus points per game? Averaging? DA. Averaging uh, for the season. DA. I want to see uh, something that the Suns fans are not used to seeing uh, which actually really goes back to your last comment about regional Suns uh, reporters saying, well, centers don't usually get paid. We wonder why the Suns historically have not had very uh, mm-hmm. like over like big stats for centers. Uh, and we're always like, who's the best center? It was, was it, you know, uh, and, and you have to really kind of go back sometimes. Uh, I'd rather say, see DA take that next step. We know Booker can go off at any point. We've seen him go off. So I don't need to see his average hit over 30. But if DA's hitting over 20, then, then I bet you everyone's shooting at a much higher efficiency outside, and that's really good for the team. That's a really way, good way to put it, Jake, is, is if Booker's getting 30-plus, it almost seems desperate. Right. <laughs> like Something's the Suns happened. are in trouble, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, even though he could score 30-plus in a season. Um, and it doesn't necessarily mean a team is in trouble. Heck, uh, Damian Lillard, Steph Curry, they both carry their teams to uh, uh, Damian Lillard once to the conference finals and then Steph Curry five times in a row to the league finals, averaging 30-plus. Great. But if Devin Booker is scoring 30-plus this next year, I think there's something wrong with the team. I, I just I worry that that's the case. Um, if De- DeAndre Ayton is scoring 20-plus, then that means there's a lot right with the team, I feel like. But who knows? That could also spell doom. I mean, if you're really giving Aiden the ball that many times to score 20 plus and he's not averaging 80% field goal rate, that could also be spelling doom because he's not really that skilled um, on offense. But I do think it's a better indicator of successful season if, if Aiden's over 20. Between that, would you rather option? Well, and this would be a great question for uh, Cody Hunt. Uh, I don't know if he's in the chat uh, today or he'll hear this uh, later on, but I wonder how many times has the scoring champion uh, taken the team to the finals? Not saying that necessarily Booker would be if he's averaging over 30, but as you point out, you know, Lillard, he, he hits over 30 a lot, but his teams don't go very far in the playoffs because at some point you need another player on your team to hit a shot and they've gotten real cold. 
an inside outside game of a dominant inside player and a dominant outside player, that's the one two combo that every team's always looking for each year. Sunders Dunks points out as long as Booker's making his pull up threes, then we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're not doing very good with the rapid fire here. I keep, uh, we keep, right. we keep talking, but I want to give the ballers a chance to weigh in as well. And they've, they've done a lot in weighing in in this show. And I really appreciate that. Um, okay, the next one who gets more minutes per game this coming year? Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder? Last year, Cam Johnson averaged 24 minutes a game and Jay Crowder averaged a little more than that. Do you see that happening again, or do you see that flipping? Cam's going to lead uh, Jay in minutes. I think uh, he's just he's got he's got the room to grow. We, we've seen Jay plays great, um, and he's a little streaky. But Jan, Cam's got the guy. He he can take his ceilings a little bit higher. <laughs> okay, uh, so you're going with Cam. Well, I would rather see Cam Johnson get more minutes too, even though Jay Crowder is one heck of a professional yeah. for this team. Um, I, I'd, I'd rather see Cam Johnson do that as well. Okay. Uh, so ballers, do you have any, would you rathers? If you have any, would you rathers? I'll give you a couple of minutes, a couple seconds here to put in your own. Would you rathers for Jake and I to debate? Uh, but so far, we've got um, that we'd rather overpay eight. And if you had to overpay one of, Aiden or Bridges. Uh, we'd rather they win opening week, two games on ESPN over winning on Christmas. We'd rather Aiden score 20 points. We're an Aiden uh, pod, aren't we? I guess I didn't even realize all these, all these would you rathers were kind of Aiden oriented. And then uh, we'd rather Cam Johnson get more minutes than Jay Crowder if there was a would you rather. If they could average the exact same number of minutes, would we be underutilizing Cam Johnson? I can see that. Yeah. So uh, you'd really, that's why we'd rather Cam Johnson get more minutes. Cause if he's not playing more than Jay, it seems like an underutilized situation. Well, and I think Jay, Jay is a, you know, he's a tough defender. He will drain the offensive player of their energy a little bit that he plays so tight and so aggressive that he can kind of wear them down in the first and third quarters Cam's then going to be the fluid guy running around the court in the fourth quarter, helping finish games with obviously Booker, Paul, Aiton, and Bridges. But uh, Jay's going to wear players down, and I think that that's a that's a great strategy if that's the way they go with it. All right, we did get a would you rather from the ballers, Jake? Would you rather beat the with the one buck? I, I like that. That's actually a, a little slip there because it is Giannis or the Nets in the finals this coming year. Ooh, I'd go the Nets. I want vengeance on the Bucks, but if they don't even make it, then vengeance is you know served uh, cold. Then, uh, but beating the Nets, you know, uh, the the darlings of uh, NBA media right now uh, to take uh, Durant uh, down, uh, you know, and Harden and the, to to disrupt the super team mentality uh, that we've seen too much in the association. Oh, that that would be the exciting thing to show that a slow built team beats a super team. All right. So you'd rather beat the nets in the finals. Um, look, I am a guy who would rather beat the very best team at their very best. Yeah. And uh, the Suns could not beat the bucks at their best this past year. So I'd like to know that they could uh, for sure, but I don't want to do that by avoiding the nets. 
if the Nets are the best team, then I want the Suns to play the Nets. I just do. I don't want to avoid. Um, I'm 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 a I'm just a guy who really uh, wants to see my team beat the very best on the other side. So while I absolutely loved the playoff run and I wouldn't trade it for anything. I loved the finals better than most of the other series because the Bucks were healthy. And really, every one of those last four games could have gone any way, even though the Suns did lose four straight to lose the finals. Um, every one of those, except for one, I think, was, yeah, game three was not close, but the Suns were letting that one away. Um, uh, but games four, five, and six were all right there. I'd like to see that happen again. Um, but, man, uh, it's interesting. You know what? A big topic for next week is going to be, I think the big topic for next week on the show is going to be have the East Com- Eastern Conference and Western Conference flipped in terms of who's got the better overall teams because most pundits are picking the Bucks and the Nets as the two best teams in the league next year, regardless of who's in the West. And I don't know that I would um, that I would vote against that. Yeah. No, I, I I could totally see that being a legitimate, yeah, uh, topic. I mean, uh, but I, I see, I still see the Lakers and the Suns being the the two teams in the West right now, and and uh, you know the Nets. If one of their big three goes down, I think we we've seen a change uh, in the East right away. But uh, Dave, let me ask you a real quick: Would you rather? Uh, sure. Because this is something that I'm very worried about. Um, I think I know what all the ballers are going to say, but who would you rather see? playing meaningful minutes for the Suns in the playoffs. Uh, Frank Kaminsky, <laughs> Abdel Nader, or Alfred Payton? Oh, 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 man. The glass is broken. Choose your item. <laughs> Choose your weapon. Break glass in case of emergency. Oh, between Frank, Abdel, and Alfred Payton. By the way, all three of them, played in the playoffs this past year, Alfred for the Knicks. Um, so they got the experience. We should be very comfortable about this decision. We do have the experience. Uh, you know what? I just, I can't help but be a Frank Stan. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do like Pyramid Poppy. I love that nickname. Pyramid Poppy <laughs> for uh, Abdel Nader. I do feel like I'm curious how Chandler Hutchison and Abdel Nader will vie for minutes at the, uh, toward the end of the rotation. I am surprised. Um, Abdel Nader is Monty's latest. Why are you playing him again? And why yeah. did he play 10 games in a row again? You know, like it, the dude was out for three months Thank with you. a knee. <laughs> and he just shows up in the Western conference finals. Sure, just, Hey, let's play 10 minutes and see what yeah. happens. But I'll tell you why he was out there. It's not, it's not because he has dirt on Monty Williams' family or anything like that. <laughs> he was out there because the Suns could not get a free throw and, and could not dry and get any points in the paint. And he was just going nuts over this, he being Monty Williams. Um, Abdel Nader is very aggressive. He will drive to the paint. Will he finish? Not always. Will he draw the foul? Not always, but at least he tries. Right. And none of the Suns were trying. After Devin Booker, now people, this is not, I don't think, being talked about enough. Devin Booker broke his nose in three places in the second game of the Western Conference Finals. Thank you, Patrick Beverly. Um, After that, he hardly ever drove. He hardly ever drove to the basket. Devin Booker 
is the guy who gets the free throws, but he wasn't going for free throws, especially in the Western Conference Finals and again in the finals because of the trees that were down there. But man, I tell you what, um, uh, Abdel Nader probably got those minutes because he draws he draws contact and he's aggressive. Who do I want to see? I'm a Frank Stan. I loved. I thought Frank's game six almost saved the Suns' bacon. Game six in the yeah. finals. Yeah. And he played so well that he was one of the reasons that it was tied at the end of the third quarter. The Suns just couldn't hold on. And Giannis just became Giannis um, there. But man, that is uh that is a tough question. How about you? What do you think? Who of those three, who do you want to see in big minutes in the playoffs? Well, you know, first let me ask you something, Dave. Have you ever been hit in the nose? Like really not, oh, not yeah. break anything, but I hit bro- in the yeah, nose. no, I've gotten a broken nose. Oh, okay. School. Yeah. Uh, my, my brother has had his nose broken a couple times. Uh, I, I've certainly been hit in the nose. It hurts so bad. Uh, and once you get hit It hurts there, to breathe. Oh, exactly. So all of a sudden, you go from kind of sticking your face... Days later, weeks later, it hurts Talking trash from a distance. Yeah. Uh, and so I totally get why. Nader's kind of... I, I call him the poor man's booker because he tries to do very booker-like uh, uh, offensive style plays, you know, driving in. He'll, he'll, he drives in probably second most, uh, I'd say, uh, after booker. I, I don't have the stats on that. You're the stat me guy. But uh, just the eye test, he's a lot more aggressive in driving to the basket than most of the Suns players. So I totally see that. Um, I still wouldn't want to see him being played as many meaningful minutes as Frank the Tank, who, in addition to having a very strong uh, little finals game there, um, if you follow him on social media, he feels like if you ever dreamed of, you're obviously a fan and we're all fans, but if you ever dreamed of also being on the Suns team uh, last year, then you envisioned yourself as Frank because if you watch Frank on Instagram or Twitter, he is the fan uh, right now that actually gets to play. So uh, I want nothing but the best for Frank to thank. Absolutely. And if, and if Peyton's playing, I, uh, I'm really sad. Oh God! <laughs> Look, man, uh, Alfred Peyton is a much better ball uh, handler and and playmaker than Etwan Moore. So in the cases yeah. where. Etwan Moore was playing this past year, either because campaign or Chris Paul were injured or just sitting or whatever it was. Um, I'd rather see Alfred Payton running the show uh, than, and they've got enough shooters around Payton where he doesn't have to take too many shots. So um, he is, but he is a stopgap guy and he is definitely not a guy you want to rely on. I don't want to rely on any of these dudes, but if I needed a big game from one dude, I I would give Frank the nod on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. For one game, game six of the finals, Frank was really good. All right, uh, let's see. So that is it for the show. We don't have time for your overtime. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's hour seventeen. Do we even really care? Does it even really matter that it's uh, you know the uh, the dead of the off season and we need to go off and do other things? No. Let's keep talking, sons. You got five more minutes for me, Jake. I can hit a little overtime shot. Absolutely. All right. We're going to move into overtime right now. Our overtime. Now we got um, NFL starting up in a few. Uh, well, they already started Thursday night and NFL is starting up tomorrow with all their other, the rest of their week one games. You've got NBA starting up in a few weeks. Uh, so Jake, you submitted our overtime topic. And now I would like you to present the overtime topic to the ballers to give us their feedback. 
All right, guys, you know, we've got football season here, pumpkin spice lattes, NBA season's right around the corner. So I started thinking, what is my ultimate go-to snacks and or meals for when I watch a game? Could be a football game, could be a basketball game. I actually think there's a bit of a difference. Usually the basketball games are more often held in the evening. Your football games will be in the afternoon oftentimes. But uh, this is my hot take, Dave. My curveball, you know, hot wings have their place. Nachos have their place, especially uh, when you kick it up with little jalapenos on there. I like to heat it up. But if I'm going to throw the curveball in, pickled herring, crackers, All right, that's, beer. I don't even know what the heck that is. What? Oh, Dave, you're even know older what than I is, am. Dude. How do you not know what pickled herring is? What country is? are you from? What pickled herring? The I mean, U.S. of what, A, baby. What, first of all, what period are you from? And then second, what country was that? It's brain food. I mean, I feel like you've got to be wearing the fake hair and the big puffy clothes and be sitting in a throne room in the 1700s. To be, yes, to eat pickled herring. What pickled herring? I'm telling you, have it with an ice cold beer. My cousin uh, years ago when I was a kid said there's nothing better. And somehow as an adult, I was like, this seems so stupid. But then I tried it and I'm like, this is actually kind of good. And so I don't know. We've got some fans. I know, especially even Jeez. international fans. I want to hear what they've got because I bet you pickled herring, it might not be their number one, but I bet you it's on the list. Uh, but what, what Dude, do you got? For I got to tell you, it's not on anyone's list, but yours. <laughs> There's no list. That Dave, has pickled herring on it for brain game food. Day. You're getting older. I want you to be healthy <laughs> this weekend for you. But what do you got for me? It can't just be the classic nachos and, and wings, right? I mean, it, it, you go to the games. What is your go-to meal? Wow, God. Okay. Well, I'm in some ways, I'm still a child. When I go to a game, my favorite go-to meal is, is like chicken fingers and fries. Oh. <laughs> I'm but the no, king in the throne uh, room. My favorite, herring, no, but my absolute... My absolute favorite is uh, you have you like pickled herring. I like yeah. buffaloed wings. How about that? Um, I do think that buffalo wings are the best game day food you could possibly have, followed very closely by anything else you can dip in a fryer. I mean, I'll take you know what fried Snickers at the carnival. I would eat those, mm. but as far as an actual game day food, um, I would definitely go with the uh, the the buffaloed wings. Um, in, in as a game day snack. How about now you guys? So, like, yeah. Oh, ahead. I do see one. I do see one in the chat. Uh, totally giving the shout out to the uh, the pickled herring. So I'm very excited about that. Uh, I, I think it was Manny. Uh, actually, pickled herring is good. Yes, thank you, sir. Um, but uh, boo! I'm not even going to share that. Crap. Jim Rose. Scandinavia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, buffalo wings. So let me ask you though: Do you like to? Are we going like hot wings, hot wings of buffalo, or are we like oh, mild? No, no, like dude. you're going to like buffalo. You're wild talking wings about a pasty medium. white guy. We're talking medium. Yeah, but that I tell myself is hot. I expect a little smoky. No, I like a little bit of heat, but if it goes, okay. if it gets too hot, then you can't taste the wing anymore. So uh, I'll, I'll go medium to hot. But um, okay. Yeah, no, I just uh, that that's my go-to uh, pizza. Obviously, I'm just I'm a real basic dude. Um, oh, pickled herring jinx <laughs> the finals. You didn't need pickled herring during the finals, I didn't do it did you? The finals, I swear, I swear, I didn't need it during the finals. <laughs> dude, you know what? Um, what? Here's here's a uh, uh, not talked about enough fact. The Suns are undefeated. The 2021 Suns were undefeated in Phoenix Suns Arena when when the arena was named Phoenix Suns Arena in the finals. 
They were up 2-0. That Friday, they announced Footprint Center would be the new name of the arena when they went to as they went to Milwaukee and changed the signage around the arena. They went 0-2 in the finals in Footprint Center. You know, I don't. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, Dave. But uh, the Foot Clan, anyone that knows Ninja Turtles, Foot uh, Clan. knows that the Foot Clan always failed every episode. They never won. So the Foot Clan, maybe not the best idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there we go. Uh, New Hope Manny churros for b-ball games. Sure, churros are great, but they're they're just kind of like a sweet snack. I was I was thinking we were talking about real meal, Ooh. real meals. What, what? Where are we falling? The Chipotle is Chipotle fallen from uh, uh, from the uh, the heavens. Uh, you know, it was one of those top like easy yeah, because to go, but, like, yeah, there's a meals. chance you'll you'll find a live cockroach in the middle of your food. I mean, why would why would we now follow <laughs> Chipotle anymore? But you know what? If it's in the herring jar, at least it'd be pickled. So you know, oh, you got a little, pickled cockroach, little, pickled little cockroach. <laughs> Back to the manscaped as our uh, pickled cockroaches. If you don't want pickled cockroaches then you got to reduce the swamp down there. Put it, use your Manscaped 4.0 clippers. Yes. Should I play the, should I play the uh, commercial again or should we leave it for next week? What do you think? Go for it. This train is off the tracks. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. That was Jake Bronger. You can find him on Twitter at fallen founder. You can find me, I'm Dave King at Dave King NBA. What I'd like you guys to do is I know right now you're listening to this on the audio version. I'd really love it, really appreciate it if you would give me a, a rating, a five-star review would be much, much appreciated. And five-star reviews I will read on the air. Um, I do very much appreciate your support and listening to this pod on the audio. I did lose all the ratings from when I had the solar panel podcast before we're on a new feed so I could really use new support. And uh, thank you very much for listening today. Again, this is the solar panel. You can find us on Twitter at solar panel pod. You can find me Dave King at Dave King NBA. I'm also, you can find my writing at brightsideofthesun.com, the biggest sun's podcast and the biggest sun's written content site in the entire world sun specific i really really hope you guys go on and check out the rest of the content thank you so much for listening today 